Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to, to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Wednesday, April 19th, marks our 66th program. My name is Brian Murphy, Director of the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, or ACTUS, and I'm your host for today's program, ACTUS Conference Preview, Expanding CDI to the Outpatient Observation Setting. Today's show continues our run-up of session previews, taking you all the way to the start of our 10th annual ACTUS Conference coming up in Las Vegas in May, May 9th through 12th. So I'm joined today by a Regular co-host, Alan Frady. Um, Alan is a CDI education specialist here with us at HC Pro and Actus. Um, Alan teaches our clinical documentation improvement bootcamp line and serves as a subject matter expert for Actus. He is a, uh, just by way of background, he's an accomplished consultant with a background in coding and documentation um, as well as nursing. Um, which includes work as a case manager and in cardiovascular care and ICU and telemetry. And I'm glad to have him back on the program. So welcome, Alan. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be back. All right. And next, I'd like to introduce our, uh, introduce our two industry guests on today's program. So we have with us today Laurie Sakella. Uh, Laurie is an RN, CCM, and CCDS, and is the regional director of clinical documentation at Mount Carmel Health System in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, she oversees a CDI program at three acute care hospitals and one surgical center. Laurie's been an RN for over 25 years and began her role in CDI in December of 2009. She's also served as an insurance and acute care hospital case manager, been the director of case management in CDI, and has been a consultant with Dell directly before her current role, which she began in May 2015. So welcome to the program, Laurie. Thanks, Brian. Very happy to participate today. All right. And finally, we have with us uh, Seth Kirshner. So Seth is the senior manager at the Claro Group, LLC, in Chicago, Illinois. He has consulted hospitals and health systems in various capacities over the past nine years. Over the years, he's worked with over 50 healthcare providers, ranging from small rural facilities and large urban academic medical centers to multi-hospital health, health systems. His specialty is with CDI programs, revenue cycle process modeling and redesign, financial modeling and data analysis, and change management. Welcome to the program, Seth. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate being on. All right. Okay, as I always do, I'm going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. I ask you to please select the choice that most pertains to you, and we will come back to these results in just a few minutes. So we're asking whether um, do you use CDI specialists in the outpatient or observation setting? And your options are yes, in a dedicated capacity. Yes, but perhaps in an informal basis, for example, assisting case management. Uh, no, but we are considering it. Flat out no, you don't see yourself doing this perhaps down the line, or not applicable for those that aren't in the acute care setting. So again, 
do you use CDI specialists in the outpatient observation setting? Your answers are yes, in a dedicated capacity, yes, in an informal capacity, no, but perhaps considering it, um, no, and don't see yourself doing that, or not applicable. All right, we've got about 80% of our audience has voted, so we're going to go ahead and uh, close this out, and we will come back to the results in just a few minutes. All right. As I mentioned, our guests today are Laurie Sakella and Seth Kirshner. Again, welcome to the program, and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Uh, let's just jump right into the topic. Again, this will be featured on the podium of our 10th annual conference, so we're going to give this a lot more time than we have to discuss today, but maybe just to start, um, maybe I'll, I don't know who wants to start, Laurie or Seth, but what, what, what prompted Mount Carmel Health System to expand its CDI reach into the observation services arena. This is obviously a little different area than we typically see with CDI. Yeah, Brian, this is Seth. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. And you know, as we work with different hospitals, there are some common themes we do observe. Um, clients are generally in university looking to expand beyond inpatient boundaries because, frankly, if the true goal of CDI is to just get the record right, uh, which we believe it is, then the setting of care really doesn't matter. So, you know, to kind of back up a minute, you know, late in 2014, Mount Carmel uh, re-energized their existing inpatient CDI program. It was very successful with good improvements across the board. And like many of our clients, Mount Carmel was seeking ways to really replicate that success across other settings of care. And one of those settings is the hospital-based outpatient setting, which includes the observation services. And as it relates to expansion into the outpatient facility settings, we see hospitals approaching that in different ways. And some will only target the observation setting initially, and many other hospitals look at all the outpatient settings, which essentially is anything within the four walls of the hospital, including ED, GI, cath lab, recovery, you name it. Um, and the focus there is really improving the documentation and coding, uh, which also allows you to charge accurately on those patient populations. So at Mount Carmel, they did a much broader expansion with the observation setting being just one of several areas within their outpatient facility CDI program. Lori, did, do you have anything to add um, regarding your reasons for expansion? Um, sure, yeah, thanks, Seth. So Brian, one thing that was concerning for the executives here at Mount Carmel was really the large amount of hours that our patients were found to be staying in observation status as well as some of the last-minute conversions that were taking place of a patient going from observation to inpatient and then pretty quickly discharging. So as obviously the director of CDI here at Mount Carmel and as a former director of case management, I was hopeful that if CDI became involved in looking at the medical record and began working well with case management, we could ultimately have a positive impact um, on our patients that we serve in our hospital by simply really ensuring that we were as we like to say, getting the record right. Excellent, great stuff. Um, so I have a question. If we could, if we could go into that a little bit further, it sounds like you are simultaneously looking at uh, the appropriate setting of care as well as the line item um, sort of billable services and procedures. I'd like to know a little bit more, or if you have an example of how a CDI might actually function in that arena. 
Sure, Alan. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and we do look at both. And um, as far as what I oversee as the director for CDI, it's looking at the observation status of patients. And then I'm sure Seth can address from a larger industry perspective. But I will share that here at Mount Carmel, we have one CDI or a clinical documentation specialist at each of our acute care sites, and that individual reviews all of the observation status accounts. Um, the observation review is conducted by the observation clinical documentation specialist concurrently, which obviously is the same process that the inpatient clinical documentation specialist follows as well, and that we're reviewing records concurrently. Um, the observation clinical documentation specialist looks for documentation or indicators that signify something more is taking place with the patient than what's documented and might indicate that they should be admitted as opposed to remaining in observation. Um, the difference with observation reviews done by CDI is that when we find information that may indicate a patient should be in a different status, CDI will actually communicate with case management and if it's, if it's needed, may also query the physician. This process here for us has resulted really in um, a great decrease in our observation hours it's also had a positive impact on our revenue because the patients are being placed into the proper status in a timely fashion. Um, Seth, do you have any additional thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. I think from a, from a broader industry perspective, the answer you know, really depends on how the hospital defines the program and the objectives. And there's, there's really a lot of room for customization of the CDS roles in the various outpatient settings, including observation, which is what Lori's referring to and how they ultimately make an impact. So, you know, as Lori mentioned, you know, the CDS role in the observation setting um, is quite different than the role of the CDS in the other facility-based outpatient settings. We normally suggest that in that observation setting, a CDS is really focused on obtaining the documentation to help support the appropriate patient status and any other documentation that can support additional acuity once they are inpatient, which Lori kind of just walked through. And as I mentioned earlier, there are some hospitals that will have a more limited view of their expansion and focus only on observation. And one of the reasons for that is because the record review approach is very similar to how a CDS reviews an inpatient record. Essentially, they're playing that clinical detective to look for what has not been documented to potentially support that medical necessity and patient acuity. The reviews in the observation setting can also be done concurrently, uh, albeit there is a much shorter window to have an impact as those observation patients will have a shorter length of stay. And so, Alan, kind of jumping back to your original question about, you know, does this impact, you know, the testing and procedures, the billable items, there is impact on those, and it's mostly on those other outpatient settings uh, that I kind of described earlier. And a lot of that opportunity, as an example, in the broader hospital outpatient setting is capturing that documentation to then charge accurately for the services provided. And a lot of that documentation opportunity in this setting is with actually nursing documentation rather than physician documentation. And I'll give an example, um, you know, the nursing documentation, they're, they're documenting start and stop times um, to be able to appropriately charge for hydration and infusions. Um, you know, another example is, um, you know, having that proper documentation in place to apply the facility's ED leveling criteria accurately. Um, so in those other outpatient settings, there are separate CDSs and their role is generally retrospective one because you're not able to really scale that out. There's a, you know, hundreds of thousands of accounts per year, and those patients are not here long enough, which makes it very difficult to staff or efficiently review to capture that information concurrently. So the CDS role in these other outpatient settings 
is focused on kind of rebuilding accounts and to provide training to various departments to correct the documentation issues at the root cause and then following up and sharing results as, as needed. Um, is that helpful? Yeah, yeah I think it is. Definitely. Yeah. I, I wanted to get back to, um, you know, we, we had a question come in and it relates to one I had as well, you know, overlapping responsibilities with utilization review and case management. Some One of our listeners asked, are, are you our department reviews, observation charts, and recommends inpatient if needed? Yeah. Inpatient if needed. Does Mount Carmel have UR? So maybe you could talk, maybe Laurie, to start about how this these two responsibilities overlap, or or what this concurrent review of observation cases that your CDI is doing. How does that differ from traditional UR responsibilities? Yeah, sure. That's that's actually a, a really good question. Um, and we do Mount Carmel does have a separate UR department. Um, they have a reporting structure that goes to a system director of case management, and that person oversees a case, you know, a group of case managers who conduct discharge planning as well as utilization review nurses who are kind of looking for medical necessity and, and making determinations on inpatient or observation status. Um, however, we don't really believe here that having the documentation specialist review the observation rec records is an overlapping responsibility at all. Um, as you know, and likely as everybody on this call knows, that um, the primary goal of the documentation specialist is to obtain the clear documentation for that medical record to be accurate. So with that thought process in mind, we don't educate our documentation specialists to become ex experts in the admission criteria that case management uses, like Interqual and Milliman. Instead, really what we're focusing on is reviewing the medical record in an attempt to determine if an experienced documentation specialist can see the case differently than a case manager or a utilization review nurse would. Um, like for example, I'll sometimes have candidates who are maybe coming from the bedside um, who interview and, um, and ask, you know, what's the most difficult thing about this job? What's the most difficult thing about CDI? And I usually share that one of the most difficult things, I believe, is to look at that medical record and not agree with the physician. So when you think about that for a minute, I believe, I hope that everybody would agree with me that any other medical professional, including case managers and utilization review nurses, et cetera, would look at that medical record and think to themselves, uh, for example, um, well, the doctor said the patient has syncope, so they have syncope. And so they're going to look at that subset of criteria, but it's the clinical documentation specialist who looks at everything taking place with the patient and may question the diagnosis by um, picking out some things going on, such as, well, their patient came here because they experienced syncope, but we've ordered a cardiology consult, we have heart rates between 120 and 150, uh, there's an order for a cardism drip, so the question then becomes, is there something else really going on with the patient? And so that's really how CDI then works here with case management. Um, and, and that really is the goal, that that relationship is key between case management and CDI. Um, and when you think about also, I think a point of reference, because this is a new area, um, when we all think about CDI and coding, we all have very different roles. We're all essentially looking at the chart and we're determining a working DRG and we're determining what impacts the DRG, but we're not coding the record. You know, it's different. Um, 
so here at Mount Carmel, we're looking really at those roles being being very different for observation CDI and for CM or UM. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great point you made about the hardest part of CDI being when you don't necessarily agree with what the position's written. So um, haven't heard it quite put that way before, but excellent point. Yeah, I'm actually reminded of a job I had, must have been 15 years ago, something called the CCI or Correct Coding Initiative Edits and the Outpatient Code Editor from Medicare, where I'd sit in a little room and I would see that a CT scan of the head had been ordered, but the diagnosis given was abdominal pain. And, and my job all day long on that outpatient side was to sit there and try to figure out what, if the, there was a diagnosis to go with everything that the physicians were ordering. Uh, which brings up a question, uh, what type of, of a professional and or skill set do you think is best suited for this type of a role? Uh, and is it really, is it really at the end of the day, is it going to be that much separate from the traditional CDI role or do they overlap? And I think from what you were saying, they more or less overlap nowadays. Yeah, Alan, you're, you're right. So the skill set is, it really does mirror that of an inpatient documentation specialist. So here at our facility, you know, for our inpatient documentation specialist, that's an RN, you know, the registered nurse um, that has an extensive clinical background. They also really need to be identified once they've begun working on your team um, within CDI as somebody who has really great critical thinking skills. This person really should also have good relationship skills because they're going to start, you know, communicating with another team. Um, so you want to be sure that their relationship skills are great. Um, I prefer that the observation documentation specialists have, like I said, some inpatient CDI experience before conducting the observation reviews because sometimes they will, of course, need to write a query. So they need to have knowledge on how to write a compliant query. Um, the person in the role should also be very motivated and someone who you would consider a top performer on your team. The job and observation is very fast-paced because of how quickly we need to act to really ensure that the appropriate status decision is being made. Um, see, I also think that it's important to have a dedicated person in this role. Um, we've learned pretty quickly that it's difficult for the documentation specialist to do both inpatient and OBS-CDI because as the process for reviewing the medical record is different. For example, um, an inpatient documentation specialist wouldn't review the utilization manager's notes to determine what criteria was used to assign the status, but that's the starting place for the documentation specialist. They need to know that area to determine what diagnosis did case management use to then direct them to a specific set of admission criteria. Um, also, I'd like to share that it's important to realize, obviously, that we're operating in an area that's really relatively new conceptually in our industry. So we don't have, you know, little to any benchmarks nationally to measure against. So what we are doing really is measuring ourselves against ourselves with our performance. Um, and really what we've done here at Mount Carmel is what we've determined to be best for our, our facility. Others might find it best, really depending on your staffing model, et cetera, at your facility to train maybe all of your case management, all of your case managers or the um, documentation specialist, or maybe have one person as a super user. But we do find that it works best at our facility to have the roles of observation and inpatient CDI, as well as case management, utilization management, all completely separate. 
Mm -hmm. So I hope that makes sense to you. All right. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been great. You know, maybe we'll just wrap up with just a minute here. If you guys could, you know, as I mentioned at the outset of the show, this is going to be featured on the podium at the Actors Conference. We got tons of great questions that we just couldn't get to, and I encourage, I hope our listeners will be coming to the that are coming to the conference will check out this session. But just anything else you guys plan to cover that we couldn't get to today? You've got the full hour um, in Vegas that that are that are. You know, maybe our attendees can look forward to um, that they might not have heard today, or that you might be expanding on. Uh, I've, I've seen the slides. I'm, I've, that's one of my many privileges as Actus Director. I get to see the slides before they go live. But looks like you have some nice case examples you're going to walk through. For example, anything you want to share with the audience there? Yeah, Brian, uh, you're absolutely right. There's there's going to be some great case examples uh, to share, and Lori will be going through all those and really bring the opportunities to life. And I think we're, we're really looking forward to sharing the successes Mount Carmel has had with this initiative so, so everyone can learn from uh, their experience. And we hope we can pass on some good knowledge to the participants by going through key components to building out an observation CDI program, really across the people, process, technology, and reporting, reporting components. And you know, as with any new initiative, um, you know there have been some challenges and lessons learned, uh, as Lori mentioned. And when we launched the program, there wasn't a lot of industry information out there on how to roll it out. And so, hopefully, by sharing the lessons learned, um, we hope it will help you have a smoother ramp up. Um, you know, if, if you ultimately decide to expand to that setting. All right, that sounds great. Why don't I go ahead and uh, share our poll results again? We asked our listeners. Um, whether they use CDI specialists in the outpatient slash observation setting. So you guys should all be seeing those. So it looks like only 7% do so in any type of dedicated capacity like we've discussed today. Another 5% are using them maybe on in an informal basis. 30% uh, say no, but they're considering that. Maybe that'll tick up a little higher after today's show. Uh, but most are not. You know, 54% say no and about 4% um, not applicable to their situation. Um, so those are our poll results. Laurie, Seth, anything there surprise you that you'd like to comment on? Um, this is Laurie, and no, I, I'm, I'm not at all surprised by that. And, you know, as I had shared a bit earlier, there's really not a lot out there for us to, to look into to see, you know, how you really do a program of this nature so we had to really look internally at what our needs were and then um, format a program around that so no I'm not I'm not surprised by that at all but I'm glad that there are so many people that don't have it or don't have it but are considering it um, have called in today I hope this was helpful for them absolutely any other comments on that Seth or no, I think uh, I echo what Lori said. That doesn't seem like a big surprise, and like Lori said, good to see that many are considering it, and hopefully the, the presentation at our conference, at the conference will, will be helpful. All right, definitely. Okay, at this point, I'm going to move to our uh, In the News segment of the show. Again, uh, In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I'd like to discuss a recent article written by our very own Alan Frady. Um, Alan's, of course, on the show today, so I wanted to get him and on the program and, and ask him, you know, is CDI only about money? Um, this article is available on LinkedIn.com. You can go and read it. 
after the show. It's a you know, pretty lengthy piece that he wrote, so I, I won't go through all of it here. Um, and I'll let Alan certainly weigh in. He got some really good comments on the article uh, to check out as well. Uh, but from the article, he wrote, you know, going all the way back to my coding days, the one goal that any professional in this business should always have above all else uh, very closely reflects the AHIMA standards of ethics that the codes reported accurately represent the clinical picture and care given in the most accurate way possible. Now, when you talked a little bit about, um, you know, how there's been some discussion in the industry that perhaps things like sepsis are overreported, um, you know, but you you've mentioned some examples about how you talk about in class that, um, you know, if uh, ulcers is not sepsis, you know, um, and you mentioned that in class. Uh, also with malnutrition, for example, if if malnutrition is being documented, but there's nothing in the record that actually supports that diagnosis, or the resources given, not really a reportable secondary diagnosis, then you should be clarifying to have that potentially removed from the record. Uh, just a few examples of how CDI can actually, uh, in, in its quest for clinical accuracy, can result in a, um, I guess, a, a negative payment or a more accurate lower payment, I guess I should say. Um, so really a, a nice piece here. Obviously, money is a component of CDI. Programs do not get started just because it's it's uh, we we know it's the right thing to do. But the reality is that there has to be some type of return on investment and that type of thing. But um, certainly a lot to think about here in terms of the true goal of CDI and clinical clinical accuracy. Uh, worth checking out. You know uh, this piece here again. It's called. I'll go back to the top here. I want to hear from you. Is CDI only about the money? So, now we, we, we want to hear from you on today's show. What what prompted you to write this piece? Um, and you know, do you have any any thoughts uh, you can share with the audience and and metrics? Perhaps you recommend CDI specialists use to chart their progress beyond CMI. Yeah, uh, and of course we have to move beyond CMI. Um, but this is, this is not a new criticism. It is, however, a huge roadblock for those of us when we get into the trenches and we actually start presenting queries. Um, and if we're in a toxic culture or a, a hospital culture that is not supportive of new initiatives, this can, be, this can be a make or break it for your program. And just the insinuation that it's only about money, uh, if that becomes pervasive in the provider's mind, it can kill your program. And so I may be reacted a little heavy-handed here, but it's a criticism that I've been fighting for quite some time, that it's not uh, just about money, and it's the word just that I want to emphasize. Uh, as you said, of course, it, it is a, money's a factor, but it's not only about money. And of course, I have a whole lot of talking points here in the article, and I had a whole lot of them rehearsed for this, uh, for this radio show, but I want, to put, I want to put our guest on the spot here for a second. And, and, and poll them and ask them what, what kind of response do they get if somebody says, oh, this is only about money? And I can, I can start with Lori. Just a sentence or two, maybe. Um, hmm, just a sentence or two for me, huh? You didn't know I was going to put you on the <laughs> well, spot there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I read the article, and, and I think it was a great article. And, and the one thing, you know, whenever a physician tells me that it's just about money, I try to dispute that as best as I can. But I also say, would you not want to be paid in your office um, accurately for the services that you're providing? The hospital is no different. 
you know. Um, in addition, we will query physicians that have nothing to do with money. Sometimes we might see in an H&P that somebody has come into the hospital and they have acute systolic CHF, severe protein calorie malnutrition, sepsis with septic shock, and um, you know, acute respiratory failure, and it's all on the H&P. So what we have there is a physician that is a well-educated doctor documenting something. And that H&P, if it stood, would equate to a lot of money. But we will still query because it's not accurate. So I totally agree with you, Alan. That might have been more no. information than you really wanted to hear from me. But. No, that's all right. That's all right. I just I like to hear from others. I know how I believe. I think the <laughs> listeners are starting to get an idea how I feel. Seth, do you have any words to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, really, the fundamental goal of CDI is to get the record right, and I think money is just an inherent benefit. So, you know, when we work with providers, you know, we really focus the message with the physicians on the quality metrics, such as expected length of stay and expected mortality. And if you can show a physician that added documentation supports why a patient was here 10 days instead of just five, that's when you can really start to break down those barriers. And you know, in, in terms of like how to fight the perception, I think there's a couple things, um, you know those in the industry can do and, and CDSs really can you know develop their elevator speech and have more presence on the floors building relationships with the doctors so that they can have a consistent message about how they're there to help the physician it's really difficult you know to understand the intention of a piece of paper or an alert from an EMR you know we you know deal with thousands of emails a day sometimes it's just easier to pick up the phone or walk across the hall to talk to someone so I think that can help you know, break down some barriers. And then another thing is, is that programs tend to only focus on Medicare. So a lot of times that sends a conflicting message to a physician when they receive queries for only certain payers. That's when they're going to start to question the true intent. And so many hospitals, you know, really should look at expanding to all payers that don't even reimburse on DRG. And, you know, even, even other populations such as behavioral health, rehab, NICU, OB. Um, so that's kind of my, my two cents. Uh, and Brian, this is a good time for me to plug the current issue of this Actus um, Journal. The majority of the articles in the current issue discuss the very topic of taking CDI and expanding it into areas that are not traditional roles for CDI. And many of them are not just about, uh, you know, case mix index or increasing payment on a single account. I highly recommend giving it a read. The entries that don't talk about non-traditional CDI roles we're talking about clinical validity, which is equally important. Um, but to answer your question, Brian, I think a more sophisticated thing that we might consider in the future for benchmarking CDI programs is looking at this issue of observed overexpected. So for example, what is your observed uh, mortality versus your expected mortality? And are they out of sync? And you could do that same question for readmission rate, hospital-acquired conditions, complication rates, length of stay, cost of care, yes, even denial rates, what's your observed versus what you would have expected to have in terms of denial rates. And I think moving forward, if you really want to be progressive here, you could start setting benchmarks uh, for these different areas and uh, having the CDI work within those benchmarks uh, to see what the actual performance is compared to the expected. That could help identify areas of increased um, documentation clarification and query writing and focus it in. And all of these areas benchmarks, really the, the different considerations are intertwined. Although the methodologies are all varied, there are going to be key risk elements or key diagnoses which are going to have influence across several methodologies at once in many instances. Um, and I think that is a good way to set, start setting some non 
uh, traditional sort of CDI benchmarks, you also may want to ask yourself, um, you know, ask yourself, what is your facility's highest realistic expectation from the reporting benchmark companies, such as HealthGrades, LeapFrog, the top 100 hospitals, and how is your coded data impacting those rankings? That could also begin to um, show new areas of query opportunity and clarification that, again, are not just case mix index and revenue related. Uh, so I think that there is a lot of work that we can still do that aren't, that's not just about increasing the relative weight a decimal point here or there, the traditional role of CDI. Well, great stuff, guys. I know we're, we're past time and we unfortunately can't get to our, keep telling Alan I'm going to be plugging his new uh, CDI bootcamp class, Mastering Clinical Concepts, which you're seeing on the screen right there. But if you if you did like hearing from Alan today and, and our Laurie Prescott, who's he's been developing this closely in conjunction with, would encourage you to check out that class. You can find it on our HC Marketplace um, website. Again, that's our new boot camp, Mastering Clinical Concepts and CDI. All right, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Oh, go ahead, Alan. Do you have something to add there? Just one, just one talking point. I was going to say that the new boot camp really is going to have a focus towards clinical validation, uh, which is going to really need to be something that facilities start to do seamlessly as they do CDI, also do clinical validation at the same time, and that's going to be the focus here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the class, and uh, we'll, we'll be featuring that more going forward here. But, uh, again, I wanted to thank uh, Laurie and Seth for being on today's show. Really looking forward to your session um, in, in Las Vegas, and sharing even more information with our with our listeners and our and our members and attendees there. So that will do it again for today's program. We're going to see you back here in two weeks as we continue with the final lead up to the Actus Conference, with previews of our sessions to come. Uh, this next one again is actually a little bit out of the box. That's what that's what we do with the Actus Conference. This one is a preview of the post-acute care setting, integrating CDI into multiple outpatient settings. Really looking forward to that one. I hope you guys are as well. Uh, again, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email. You can get me at bmurphy at actus.org. That will do it again for today's Actus Radio. We'll see you again in two weeks, and uh, take care, everyone.